0: Welcome to AMI Sites, a podcast that offers you access to thought leaders who can help you expand your entrepreneurial toolbox. Learn from seasoned entrepreneurs who have already walked in your shoes and can help you with your day to day business decisions. Join the founder and CEO of Multifunding, Ami Kassar, and his co host, Lynn Ozer, the president of Multifunding, AKA the SBA Queen as they help you navigate, grow, and stay in control of your business. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to
1: our new edition of Omnicites. I'm here with my co-host Lynn Ozer, AKA SBA Queen, and couldn't be happier to have our guest today, Brian Brohl Amongst many other accolades and fame, Brian's current company's Legacy of Significance, which helps people live out their purpose of creating a positive impact on the life of others. Brian, we have so much to talk about, So excited to have you here. What's up?
2: Oh, thank you, Ami. Thank you, Len, for having me. Uh, Life is awesome. Life is awesome. The family's great. We have a new grandchild on the way. It'll be number seven for us. You know what? I I get to wake up every day at this point in my life doing what I love to do. So, so life is awesome.
3: That's so good to hear. We want to know what is your favorite working activity at this point? And then tell us how you got to be doing the best thing and living your best life.
2: Oh gosh! Bigly um,
3: big pack question.
2: <laughs> favorite thing? I mean, pretty much everything I do. So I love doing retreats, just because it's the ability to be personal, intimate with people, and and help them kind of move forward on their own journey of self discovery. I love that. But also, I also love the executive education programming that we do. We we had a program earlier this year uh, called A Purpose-Filled Life, which was an executive education style program where we brought in thought leaders from around the world that help people just kind of figure out really why uh, why they exist on this planet and how they can live out the rest of their life in alignment with what their purpose is. And then just some of the executive education work we do with the Entrepreneurs Organization and and some private Educational programming is just helping people open their eyes to how they can build a better business, be a better entrepreneur, build a better entrepreneurial life is just really rewarding as well. So I know I think I gave you like three answers to. No,
3: that's great. I wanted you to now, I want you to go backwards and kind of just tell us exactly how you ended up here. We do want to start your entrepreneurial journey to where you've gotten to, which obviously would be, or maybe it's not obvious, but I think most people would love to be able to get to the point where they're waking up every day and saying, I love what I do because you've built this to be where, exactly where you want to be. So start at the beginning.
2: Okay, so my first real, real business is other than a hot dog stand at five years old, uh, or cutting grass and snow blowing driveways all through junior high school, high school and part of college. You know, I I did work in Congress and in the US Congress for for a summer uh, during my college years. But during my senior year of undergraduate, I started a business on paper and, and was uh, gosh, the job offers I got in undergraduate, geez, didn't weren't offering me more money than I had earned putting myself through school. So I thought if I get my MBA, maybe I'll get better job offers. So between the two, I I started a business and uh, started power washing vinyl siding on homes. And gosh, way back then, that wasn't that popular yet. So back then, that wasn't all that popular. So what I did is, built a business. And while I was going to uh, graduate school, just started building that business. Finally decided, you know what? Graduate school will always be here, but this business opportunity that just seems to be growing, yeah, I'll, I'll jump on that for the time being and focus on that. Oh boy, I don't know. I guess 28 years later, that business grew to over 300 employees. We were in multi-states and I ended up selling that in 2014. But about uh, 10 years before that, I had started a second business, which was made life better for people who travel with allergies and asthma. We created special rooms and wellness rooms and hotels, and that kind of launched a whole new industry. We brought in a, a majority owner in, uh, in a private equity firm that owned hotels, and so we brought them on. They incented me to stay on as CEO. And it was during some times when I was in some significant leadership positions in EO. Uh, And I can remember they manage businesses by spreadsheets. And I am a visionary leader. And in the year and few months that we were together, I was in a leadership role that had some distractions, but I was very clear about that ahead of time. I walked into a board meeting on June 21st, 2018. I had nine days left as chair of the board of EO. And they said, hey, listen, we're not going to extend your employment agreement beyond the end of the year. And I can remember recognizing that I was about to step away from my leadership role in EO and back into being a full-time CEO. And I didn't really want to do that again, especially with these folks, brilliant people, wonderful people. And I like them, but their approach to running that business was different than mine. And we were at odds, but they beat me to it. They said, "Hey, we're not going to extend your employment agreement." So it's kind of like that Steve Jobs moment where you know, how do you how do you get fired from a company you started? What it, what's really interesting is it really was just a blow to my ego. That's really all it ended up being, because recently I was in a forum retreat. And, uh, and I was asked to participate in the communication starters along with the form I was leading. And the question that I got was describe the best day of your life. And in the best day, you know, getting married and the birth of your kids are kind of taken off the table because everyone would say that usually. Mm-hmm. Um, so without having those as an option, interestingly enough. The best day, that's what came to mind, June 21st, 2018, because what it did is it pushed me out of something I didn't really want to be in anyways, and I was able to start to say, what do I really want to do with the rest of my life? And so what grew out of that was Legacy of Significance. So that's kind of uh, my journey to where I am now on a professional level in, in the Entrepreneurs Organization. Gosh, as the seventh member of my chapter, which was YEO Buffalo back in 2001, uh, when you're the seventh member of a chapter, you are on the board automatically. You don't really have a choice. Uh, You know, uh, the next year I applied to go to the Birthing a Giants program and didn't get in. And so I applied again the next year and I did get in. And I think it was really applying to and attending The Birthing of Giants, which is now the Entrepreneurial Master's Program, really uh, set me off on my leadership journey in EO. Uh, And I was just a student. And here's why. The very first year, there was a student, uh, a fellow student with me who, and this is in 2003, said, hey, the EO has a regional conference hosted in Moscow, Russia, coming up in September. Anyone who has an opportunity to go should really go so i decided you know what what the heck you know i i I had i live about 10 minutes from canada so canada is a frequent visit for me but other than a caribbean cruise i had been on i had never left the country so for me an american of my generation going to moscow russia was just almost surreal so sure enough i went to moscow russia didn't know a soul and created some really great friendships started connecting with eo global staff And I called my wife the second day and said, listen, whatever we need to do to figure out how to travel the world, we really need to do that because I I just don't think we have a clue what the world is like. So since then, my wife and I have been to 60 countries, um, whether it's an EO university or a regional conference or travel, I did as uh, as, in global leadership. Um, I started connecting with global leaders from EO around the world. I started connecting and building relationships with the global staff. And so flash forward to 2006, I was asked to be a form trainer. So I decided I would be a form trainer. I was asked if I would step in behind Vern Harnish, who was stepping away from running uh, what is now the Entrepreneurial Master's Program. And I said I would. And then a year later, they asked me if I would be the chair of the global uh, form committee in EO. And honestly, I my initial response was, how many other people have you asked and why did they all say no? Because I couldn't yes. imagine why they would ask me. I'd been involved in leadership for a very short period of time. And they gave me some reason. So I agreed that I would do it once. And then, you know, I'll, I'll make a what's becoming a long story shorter and say, over the years, I was the global forum chair. I was the global executive education subcommittee chair. I was the global learning chair. Uh, and then I was strongly encouraged to apply for the board of directors for EO, and I did. Um, and then while I was on that, I was strongly encouraged to put my hand in the ring to be global chair of EO. Never, though, ever along the way did I ever anticipate that I would do anything further than the specific role I was in. And that was really for two reasons. One is um, I, I never really had a desire to be involved in EO leadership, for one. but secondly. I didn't think I was a very good leader and I didn't really understand why I was being asked to evolve into leadership roles. And so, you know, it was really when I knew I was going to be the global chair of the board of EO that um, I sought out a mentor in Warren Rustan and asked him to make sure that when I changed as a result of this path of leadership, that it helped me to change for the good. And uh, he encouraged me to read a book called Discover Your True North by Bill George. And in that first chapter, what it says is that the era of Jack Welch and GE, where the smartest person in the room evolves to leadership, that it's changed to the people with a higher emotional intelligence, the people who love to build teams and genuinely care about the people they're leading, those are the people that are, are evolving into leadership today and literally at 52 years old reading that was the very first time that I ever thought well that feels more like me and if that's what people see in me then maybe I understand it a little bit more that may have been a 20 dollar answer to a 25 cent question so I apologize but
3: no it's totally out. interesting and I and I love what you just said and I I agree and when often when the smartest person gets to be a leader it's not necessarily Therefore, forte
1: Brian tell yeah. us about your life I love the work that you do and it's amazing mm-hmm. and you seem to travel you're one of the few people I know that seems to travel more than I do uh, which is quite an accomplishment tell us a little bit about your life now what you spend your time on how you mix it up all that stuff
2: I prioritize my family uh, and so I have special things that I do to make sure that I'm investing in my family that's an integrity with where my priorities are uh so I have these things called Papa Days. It's a day. So I have I have three adult children and their spouses, and I have currently six grandchildren uh, with another one on the way. Uh, but what I do is once a year I take a day that is totally dedicated to that person. So it's either a child, one of my children or their spouse or one of my grandchildren, and they decide where we go to breakfast, what time we go to breakfast, what we do between breakfast and lunch, where we go to lunch what we do between lunch and dinner and where we go to dinner. Once dinner's done, we're done. It is, they decide everything. You know, even the four-year-olds decide where we go to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And those are usually easier decisions. <laughs> but uh, what we do between those, they decide. So we go to Build-A-Bear. We go to, uh, we gosh, we go to, you know, trampoline-type places, you know, bouncy places. We go to kids' museums. We, uh, My six-year-old grandson, uh, about a month ago, wanted to go indoor skydiving. So we went indoor skydiving. And we just do all sorts of fun things that are all about them. We've gone rides on trains, like an Amtrak train, because other than the mall choo-choo trains, they wanted to go on real trains. So, uh, And I've never really set a budget to that, except the one six-year-old with the skydiving decided next year he wants to go hot air ballooning and ride around in a limousine all day. So I'm thinking I may need to put <coughs> parameters around that, but he is my son's son. So I, I <laughs> to understand where that comes from. I do those uh, because I want to create memories and I, I want to be an important part of their life forever. And so I the only time I bring out my phone during those is to capture pictures or videos. And then I I create a YouTube video that I send to their parents that will forever capture those moments. And then, you know, just being available for my family throughout my life is is always important for me anyways. I do travel quite a bit. When I'm able, I bring either my wife or another family member with me. So when I, especially when I travel internationally, I almost always have either my wife or one of my children with me when I'm traveling internationally. And it's either because they may be working alongside me or uh, I just wanna have them see the world. So uh, the other thing, you know, one of my list of 100 lifetime experiences that I want to have is for my wife and I to spend a month uh, living in a foreign country or city each year. And then we in turn take some of my air miles and hotel miles I get and send off one of my children and their spouse for a week uh, internationally every year as well. So we do a lot of that. But really, in terms of business travel, I, uh, gosh, we're doing whether it's a forum retreat or a corporate retreat or a couples retreat. We do do couples retreats that are just fun and and impactful. And uh, I'm part of the Leadership Academy. I'm one of the three formators in the Leadership Academy in the Entrepreneurs Organization, and I travel all over the world delivering, you know, week-long leadership development. Uh, And then some of the executive education programming we put on, you know, requires us to, to travel. And so I get to see the world. I get to uh, experience it through, you know, the platform of EO often, which is a wonderful way to travel. And because a lot of the decisions are taken care of for you, and you just get to absorb the people, It's probably what I enjoy most is experiencing people. Uh, when I was on the global board of EO and chair, you know, there's opportunities to get up in front of the room and speak in front of a lot of people. And not that I didn't like that, but it was just part of what the role was. But what I really, really enjoyed was spending one-on-one time with people from around the world and going to their homes for a dinner or sitting in a a chapter board meeting and just learning about the people from that part of the world, learning about their culture, and just creating friendships and relationships with, with people from all over. It's just been spectacular. Brian, tell
1: us a little bit about these couples retreats that you do and what they are, where they are, what they're about white people should so yeah. think
2: about it yeah what we've done is you know I, i'm an, i am not a marriage counselor nor is my wife and some of these we partner with another couple uh jamie and kathy Duragi, who are both are involved in eo leadership as well but we all have some expertise of sorts that we've developed in our life whether it's as a form trainer or my wife as a chopper institute coach or um, Kathy Daragi as a a form trainer, and she studied Marshall Goldsmith's uh, triggers, and Jamie Daragi as a uh, certified strength finders coach in discovering your why. We kind of take all of these and develop a experience over the course of whether it's a weekend uh, or a week long and help people understand, first of all, who are you as an individual? And then how do you as an individual show up in your relationship And how does that relationship look? What are triggers that you have in your life that are important for your spouse or partner to really understand so that they can proactively shift the way they react to those and and can show up in a more supportive way in your life? You know, we talk about how to have effective communication and, and how to listen to understand versus listening to fix or listening to reply. I mean, I think people in general listen to fix or listen to reply. Entrepreneurs take it to a whole nother level because it's kind of what we do all day every day. And so I think quite frankly in any relationship learning how to listen to understand versus listening to fix or reply is important. So we really focus on that. We talk about shifting our language from, you know, holding each other as a, as as a couple accountable for things to being supportive of each other. And then we talk about how to redirect conversations that are going south into a more positive outcome. And then we talk about that there is uh, emotional intimacy, spiritual intimacy, intellectual intimacy, experiential intimacy, physical, which is non-sexual intimacy, and then sexual intimacy. And when you understand all of those and you realize we need to invest in all of those in order to really have the best relationship, uh, it's really, really enlightening for people. We do those. We have one that we do every year. This year, it's August 20th to 26th in the Idaho Rocky Mountains at a dude ranch uh, up in the Colorado—I'm uh, sorry—the Idaho side of the Rocky Mountains, uh, and that's just spectacular. It's a week-long retreat that's mixed a lot of fun, a lot of adventure, and then content and the ability to kind of escape with your uh, spouse or or life partner and and just take your relationship to the next level, wherever that is. I mean, if you're struggling, you'll probably get some clarity and alignment around some things. If you have an amazing relationship, you'll probably leave there just a little bit more aligned, a little bit more connected and feeling uh, more in touch. We do w- weekend long forum retreats where an EO member will bring their spouse with them. And for a weekend, we we give kind of a an abbreviated version of that for forums.
3: Okay. So this is a question from someone who is not an EO member or I mean, I'm familiar with it because of AMI, but I never owned my own business. So when you say forum, that's specifically an event for EO members, correct?
2: Yes and no. So forum is a term that both EO, which is the Entrepreneurs' Organization, or YPO, which is the Young Presidents' Organization, gives to a peer group. So it's peer group. So you're you're Uh grouped together with people who kind of sit in the same seats that you sit in in life. So whether you are a business owner or you are a executive in a entrepreneurial company or a large company or you're you know, a spouse or a father or a mother, whatever it is, something that brings you together and creates a very safe environment for you to talk in a confidential, non-judgmental environment about anything in your life you need to talk about. Typically, these are about anywhere from six to 10 people It's the same people on a monthly basis that you connect with to talk about, oh gosh, your business or your professional life, family life, or your own personal journey.
3: Okay. So is the forum a business of yours that you own and people pay you to participate? Or is this a benefit of EO or a fee added benefit to EO? And are you the entrepreneur of quote, the forum? I'm not sure I'm understanding.
2: Great, great question. So in the entrepreneur's organization, form is a benefit that when you become a member, you get trained to be in a form. You can be a spouse or life partner of an EO member and you will be in a spouse life partner form or a key executive of a entrepreneurial company and be placed in one of those. I, I'm simply a trainer. There's about 50 uh-huh. of us worldwide that are certified to train how to participate. That's all it is for me uh but very often a best practice is once a year forms will go off somewhere and it could just be an hour drive into a uh, an airbnb someplace for the weekend or they can hop on a plane and right. fly across the ocean and they have retreats and so when i reference retreats form retreats it's really this group of peers that go off somewhere to more deeply invest in their connection and their relationship.
3: And and you're a leader in that area and a, a moderator, so to speak, or a and you are a volunteer of EO or a paid employee?
2: I am a volunteer. Well, there's two parts to that. that. I am a volunteer member of EO. And so most of what one does in the entrepreneurial world in EO, you're volunteering your time. Right. Right. there are certain things that i get paid to do uh it is probably the lowest hourly rate i've ever been paid in but, my life. so i have to be in integrity and say yes i get paid for certain things okay but yeah none of us do what we do in eo for the to money. make
3: a living from it that's right, right. okay right. this is in addition to the business that you are the entrepreneur of right Got so it. lynn are you going to
1: idaho to the couples retreat with your hubby
3: oh no way
1: <laughs> yeah what are you afraid
3: of uh, a lot of things
1: <laughs> <laughs> but i want to be clear that these couples retreat and brian correct me if i'm wrong are not limited exclusively to eo members anyone can consigned uh, is that correct
2: yeah no not at all in fact we have someone coming this year that is has been a, a senior level executive in a international very big company and just friends of ours that that really want to come. And so no, it's not not limited to entrepreneurs at all. And in fact, we don't we don't talk about business there. We don't talk about even entrepreneurship there. It's really about, it's all about relationships.
3: Relationships.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Got it. Great. And Brian, tell us a little bit about these. We did one of them in Philadelphia last year. It was great. Tell us about these executive education days and your vision for them, what they're all about.
2: Oh, yeah, great. So uh, one of the most transformational programs that EO offers is their executive education program. So the legacy one was originally called Birthing of Giants is now called the Entrepreneurial Master's Program or EMP is uh, it's three and a half days each year, three years in a row. So roughly, uh, r- roughly 10 to 12 days over the course of three years. And it is all built around what EO has kind of coined the pillars of entrepreneurial learning, which is people, strategy, execution, cash, and leadership. Uh, the, the people is the recruiting high and retaining a top talent, as well as the importance of a strong culture. Uh, the other one that's cash is around the acquiring of, which is sales and marketing, and also the managing of cash, which is uh, understanding your numbers, cash flow management, maximizing the value of your business and mergers and acquisitions. And then the others are kind of self-explanatory. So we do that. So what I what I found is really there's only 68 of our 17,000 members are able to join that program each year. And so uh, a long time ago, I started to say, gosh, if we could just take one day of that and bring it to chapters where they can they can attend and also bring their leadership team to it can really create a great impact and also help create more interest and awareness of the Entrepreneurial Master's Program, but uh, but also add more value to more members around the world. So a few years ago, I started to create as a product, um, bringing to chapters the opportunity to really grow your business and expand the experience that your leadership team can have in recognizing all the value that EO brings. So we've had some amazing business leaders, thought leaders, and just visionary leaders presented to uh, EO chapters around the world and their opportunity to grow their businesses and think about things differently. And the beauty of having yourself and your leadership team there at the same time, that you all hear the same business content from the perch that you sit on in your company so if you have your your visionary entrepreneur and you have your chief operating officer you have your chief marketing officer maybe your CFO or human resource person and you're all sitting and listening to this content your filter is going to be different and so you greatly increase the likelihood that you're going to successfully build this into your business when you have all of those people hearing it uh, themselves and being able to contribute to the best way to implement that.
1: We're going to do it again in September, Lynn. So get ready to come.
2: Okay, September twentieth.
3: Yeah, it sounds great. So basically, then you spend the majority of your time now. And is this ever since you sold the business, um, your original business, that you've dedicated yourself to the EO purpose, or um, or was it the June twenty-first date that in 2018 is that when this happened
2: so two things uh so i have been involved in leadership in eo since really uh, on a global level since around 2007 six mm-hmm. six into seven um and i sold my first eo qualifying business in 2014 right so i have been involved before i sold that business oh. but, the but I had started a second business during that time as well. Yeah. The which, clean
3: room one. Yeah.
2: Correct. Pure wellness rooms. And that one is the the business that I brought on majority partners. And um, and that was the, the June 21st basically said, Hey, on December 31st, 2018, you will no longer be the CEO of this company. Right. And I realized that, you know, I, I need to figure out something else to do with my life. And I thought, You know, and my wife is just an amazing resource for me. And she said, why don't you spend your life doing what you love to do? You have an opportunity to start something new. And I didn't really want to start a traditional business where, you know, I'm building a whole team of employees and and having, because I didn't, I didn't really want to run another business. Uh, I wanted to build something that mattered. And so it really started out as a purpose project, but, you know, gosh, Quite frankly if not this year probably next year it will qualify for eo just it just but it's fascinating when you do something you love and money isn't what drives you just life is fun it's great
1: so brian let's flip the conversation ready okay tomorrow i start my two-year presidency of eo philadelphia what's your best advice for me
2: oh gosh best advice one is i would listen listen to your members ask questions and then listen to your members and listen to them uh, through a filter that they all are going to answer that question to you in their own unique way. And their experience, their journey is different than yours. But, you know, you've got an amazing chapter and there's a lot of really good perspectives. So listening to what your members really want, I think, is important. Uh, I think being willing to be vulnerable, that you as the president of the chapter don't need to have all the answers. that you know, you've you've got a great board and relying on other people on your board. You also have an inc- incredible chapter executive and Katie Bear and, and knowing no, she's that, okay. Yeah, <laughs> she's awesome. Uh knowing that you've got incredible resources to help you create a really healthy value-driven chapter is is important. You know, we we very often as leaders, we feel like we need to have all the answers and And, you know, my experience, the best leaders that I've seen realize they don't, and they're okay being vulnerable and saying, I I don't have all the answers, but I know the people that I'm surrounded by do have those answers. And I think the other thing is, you know, Ami, is I don't know what your vision is for beyond that, you know, your role as president, but focusing on just being the best chapter president you can be and just. You know, Listen, you're going to take time away from your business. You're going to take time away from your family and yourself to be the chapter president. All of those groups deserve you to be the best you can be if you're going to take time away. But also your chapter members to serve that as well. So just being 100% focused on Philadelphia chapter, its members, and and how to really serve them, I, I think is is really, really important.
1: Awesome. I appreciate that. That's that's the plan. Awesome. So, Brian, people want to learn about these cool couple retreats. Where do they go? Yeah.
2: Well, our, our website is legacyofsignificance.com. And uh, there's just, you know, you can scroll through that. I mean, it's, it's under personal development, it's under the couples retreats that are there is really, uh, that's where they can find that. I can send you a link if you want to put it on the directly. Yeah, we'll,
1: put, we'll, put, we'll put it in the podcast, send us the link. Yeah. And are there any other programs in addition to the couples retreats that are sort of open to anybody you wanted to participate in them?
2: Yeah, no, sure. So there is, um, you know, our Purpose-Filled Life program, quite frankly, actually, there's more people who are not entrepreneurs that are in that program and that we have one coming up October 1st through 4th in, in an MIT retreat campus in Boston. And halfway through that, I thought, gosh, if this is all I ever did, I would love this because it just I could see people's eyes opened, I could see tears in their eyes as they started to really understand why they're on this planet and how they can live a life of, of meaning and a life of purpose. Dig into to that
1: program a little bit more and tell it who it's for and tell the audience a little bit about it so they can understand it.
2: Yeah. So it's really for anyone, anyone that is at a point in their life where they're trying to understand what do I really want my life to mean? And, and, you know, I'd like to really understand, Hey, what is the purpose of my life and what do I want to be remembered for? And so over the years dealing with as many, the thousands of entrepreneurs I have, I constantly hear about, Hey, you know, I built a big business, you know, or I've sold it, or, you know, I've got someone running it and, and I don't, I don't know that I really want to build another business Or if I do, I I want it to have purpose more than just buying a bigger house or a bigger boat or whatever. I I want my life to mean something. And I've heard that a lot. So what we did is we put together a program that brings in thought leaders like Don Dapani or Dr. Rao. We had Warren Rustan this past time. We had a woman named Lynn Twist who wrote a book called The Soul of Money and recently published a book called Living a Committed Life being being committed to a purpose bigger than yourself. And so that's really what we so we had these people come and deliver content and workshops around how to really understand how to think of your life and and really what's important to you, what you're great at, what the world needs. And then we we guided them through the the third day through a process, a Japanese process called Ikigai which is understanding how to look at all different aspects of your life and really distill down what your purpose is. And then from there, okay, great, you found this, or at least you started down that journey. How can you start to live your life and plan your life in a way so that you can build this into how you move forward? And it just was just transformational. Uh, Really, you know, we had everyone from Halfway through people thinking they needed to sell their business and focus on something different to coming full circle to say, you know what, what I'm doing actually serves my purpose. I just need to think about it differently. And then there was someone else who decided, you know what, I make a lot of money. They they were in a, a medical sales field and they thought, you know, I make a lot of money, but I'm alone. And my life needs to mean more than just accumulating things. I need my life to matter. So the following week. They ended up developing the courage to leave their leave their job, and they're heading down a path now of of really feeling more alive than they ever have, and and living a life of purpose that they were able to decide a lot there. People want to learn about that program.
1: Where do they go? Yeah, same
2: website, legacyofsignificance dot com. Awesome. Lynn, which
1: one are you signing up for? I'm going to tell your husband if you don't sign up for the couples <laughs> one.
2: I I love all this.
3: This would be wonderful, but I would he could definitely deal with making his life purposeful. You know, when you get to the age where you're thinking about retiring, you need to have a plan. And that's when you really start thinking about, like, what is the purpose here? And I think it's fabulous.
1: learned, <laughs> hey, she, she won't tell you, Brian, but two years ago, she left her corporate banking life to come over to the dog side and hang out with
3: me. Wow. And it's so much more rewarding. And it is exactly what I want to do is help people. And that's what I always wanted to do, but you get caught up in the oh you know, I was caught up in that corporate stuff, you know where you're running a business it's not even your own, and you're not doing the part of it that you really like. yeah, yeah.
2: I, you know I uh, Steve Jobs in his commencement address to Stanford, you know he basically focused on three things. Um, the the middle one is you know loving what you do and and the reality is we spend the majority of our waking hours, in our career, in our profession, or in our business. Right. And if if that drives us and we feel like it's aligned with who we really are, yeah, then awesome. Yeah. Awesome. But when you find your purpose and you live your life according to your purpose, decisions get easier. You, It's so much easier to decide, I'll do this and I won't do that because it just, it either aligns with your purpose or it doesn't. Now there are certain things we have to do in life that, right? You know, don't necessarily align with our purpose. But if the majority of our time we're able to make decisions around that, it just makes decisions easier. It makes life more fun and certainly I think more fulfilling. And Absolutely. I think the way we show up in other relationships in our life is different when when we love what we do and we feel like we're adding value to the world, whether it's our family or our neighborhood or the globe, um, I think we show up differently in the relationships in our life.
1: 100%. I agree. Brian, it's been a treat to have you on.
3: It show. sure has. I really enjoyed listening to this. It was great. Thank you so,
1: thank you. So, so, so much. And
3: it was awesome. great to meet you, Brian. I really am fascinated oh, with what you're you, doing.
0: Thanks for joining us today on AMI Sites. Since 2010, multifunding has helped businesses achieve their biggest growth goals through creative and personalized funding solutions, working with a network of the nation's top lenders. Visit us at multifunding.com where you can meet our advisory team and learn more about how we help entrepreneurs fund their future.